it's time for some midweek thoughts. So, Tim, she can hardly walk. Okay. Um, she's still menstruating. Yep. Um, so we decided to keep her alive. Good. Yeah, I don't want to kill her right away. So anyway. <laughs> so that's what's going on with our chicken. Yeah. Okay, good. Because uh-huh. I was thinking there could have been a person, and I was like, it's uh, extreme. Yeah, speaking of menstruation... <laughs> um, we're going to talk about my chicken for a minute. Okay. Speaking of I menstruation. Wanna, I want to fill everybody up on my chicken. So like a month ago, I went out to my chicken coop and Egger was just lying there. Egger's a, she lays the bright green eggs and her name is Egger. And she was just laying there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the heck? And so I, I picked her up and I brought her. I forget what happened. Anyway, I had to go. So I just left her there. So Emily came home. My wife... She took Egger inside. All of a sudden, Egger jumps up, runs around. So she takes Egger back outside. Egger gets up onto the roosting bars. Mm-hmm. Well, the next morning, I went out, and Egger's like half fallen off the roosting bars. So I'm hmm. like, all right. So brought Egger inside. And Egger was living in our laundry room for about three or four weeks. Yeah. And she couldn't hardly walk on her own, you know, but she was eating. She was drinking. She almost had this. She seemed like she still wanted to live. Mm-hmm. But we're like, it's a chicken. It's not going to survive with the other chickens because they're savages and they'll kill her. So um, crazy. Bastards. <laughs> and uh, and so, but she's all of a sudden, you know, I noticed the one day she was like, this was like three or four days later, we figured we'd give her some time, right? Give her some time to see if she comes back. And I noticed her looking in her food for oyster shell pieces. Mm-hmm. And I was like, interesting. So I brought in a whole bunch more oyster shell and they need that to help them lay eggs. Well, she laid an egg. Hmm. So I'm like, damn it. <laughs> you think I'd be excited about that, but it just makes the decision that much more difficult. Yeah, because now there's quality of life. Because now. now the chicken seems to want to survive. She's laying eggs, but she'll never be 100% as mm-hmm. far as we know. So we're continually giving her vitamins and she continues to lay eggs. You know, but she's still hard for her to walk. Like she wouldn't be able to hold her own if she went out there and she was in a competition for, Mm. you know, pecking order or whatever. So we bought a $150 auxiliary chicken coop for Edgar. Really? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I know people are thinking like, it's a freaking chicken. You should just killed it. But like, but the chicken is alive. Mm -hmm. It wants to it wants to walk it wants to get out we would put her outside and she would want to walk around so like how could we kill this chicken who's still laying eggs mm-hmm. anyway so now we have that's so hard a yeah. chicken coop out there and i'm th- i'm trying to like put it past me like 150 dollars. like she'd have to give us 600 eggs to even <laughs> come close to that um you know, so she, as long as she's alive for like three more years, it'll be worth it. But you'll never make your money back from chickens. You yeah, just, you won't unless you have like hundreds of chickens. Hmm. So anyway, that's that's my intro story. And that's chicken talk with that's John. Chicken talk one hundred and one. <laughs> chicken talk. You can actually start a new podcast about chickens and uh, raising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's so funny. Have like a little chicken talk jingle. Do you think there probably is? chicken raising podcasts out there probably man the more i podcast i don't know about you the more i think about ways like podcasts to create Mm -hmm. specifically for the sole purpose of making money off of them yeah because you know there's there might be a decent market for 
Raising Chickens podcast. Who knows? People love chickens. Well, <clears throat> how are we going to tie that into today's topic? I have no freaking idea. All right, we're talking about betrayal today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> You know what, betrayal? You don't want to betray... We put Egger back out there with her chicken friends. They were all friends before that, uh-huh. but as soon as they sensed a little weakness... They just they wanted they just went after her. Mm-hmm. They exploited that weakness, and it was a lot of betrayal there. People I are, thought we were friends. People are like that too. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, feathers fly everywhere. People are that way too, man. People are very quick. Like if you cross them once, some people are quick to write you off immediately, and um, and they feel betrayed. And I kind of wanted to talk about betrayal because betrayal is like a very very deep deep thing and it's like it's like what they say if you say compliments to somebody it kind of blows past them if you say if you do something mean to somebody it cuts you know really really deep and it's harder to heal and i I was watching something about betrayal earlier this week and here's just a couple of my notes oh speaking of betrayal yeah easter's coming (laughs) that son of a bitch judas oh man (gasps) man yeah (laughs) We all we all know a Judas, am I right? We all know a Judas. So, I was just I, th- I found it fascinating that, and John and I have talked about you know being okay and the yin and yang of life. But the second you're betrayed by somebody, there's a narrative that you're living in with that person that you are counting as real, and the second they betray you, everything you thought you knew is gone. And it's not always a. It doesn't always show up the way we think it does. We think of betrayal as what? What's if if I were to attempt betrayal? What's what's one of the first ways of betraying that you would might think of? Um, I tell you not to do something, and you do it. It's probably a you thing. tell me not to do something. So like, there's the trust there that I won't. What? Yeah. Um. I, I don't. I'm, I'm just trying to think of like we're friends. We have a good relationship. Hey, John, it'd really mean a lot to me if you didn't do this. Like, whether it be, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm just trying to think of like a random scenario. Yeah. Something relatable. I mean, I'll give you the one I was thinking of. I'm okay. thinking from like a, a a parenting perspective. Okay, you can go that When way. your kids are um, in sports events mm-hmm. and they really care that you're there to watch them, but you've got a busy job and you think you'll be able to make it uh-huh. and you'll say, I promise I'm going to make it to your game tonight. And if you miss two, three, four times, they feel betrayed. Yeah. You told them you were going to be there. Mm -hmm. And even though you might have a good reason, because obviously you know that I have to work. Mm -hmm. I have to pay for our house. Our, you know, our, the, the, his whole, the whole reason that he's able to play that game is Mm -hmm. because I make money to support and support his, Right, you know, to play that game, um, I, I have so you know yeah, that, that's perfect. Yeah, your kid's gonna feel betrayed and I, not I, understand. So, say you and I are friends, and you and I have like a lot of trust and a lot of history together. And you and I say get into like the videography game. This is just relevant to my life now. So, you and I are both up and coming videographers, and I'm like, dude, John, I just found this amazing pool of people to pull from. Like, you know, I'm gonna be reaching out to them this week. I can't wait. Just like sharing my life with you. Mm-hmm. And then I find out behind the scenes that you went out and you reached out to them before me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yep. dude, what the hell, man? Like, I told you that because you're my friend and I wanted to share my happiness with you, but you just went behind my back. Like, that's kind of what I mean is if you're able to do that to me, 
every the whole the whole foundation's gone. Everything's gone. Mm-hmm. And so immediately I'm thrown into what what did the past mean? What does the present mean? And what does my future mean? Because it was all built around our. It wasn't built around the friendship, but the friendship was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So how, how can do, I trust them again with any idea that I have? Right, they might just snatch it up. Yeah. So how do you how do you deal with that? Is what I want to get into today. Yeah, or how do you deal with that? And like how how can you revert if you were the one that betrayed somebody else? Yeah. How do you get out? How of, do you how do you reverse that? Because we all deal with it in the workplace and our families. Yeah. I mean, I think about it too. I see this a lot with in the in the trade. In the trade field, like yeah. if you're an electrician, you're a carpenter, you're a painter. Um, I started my painting career, should I say? That sounds... It's a career, though. I, yeah. It's a lifestyle. It's a, I started my painting... I don't know what... My my, my foray into the painting industry mm. with another painter. Mm. And, you know, he had two or three guys working for him. But if I'd get into a house and talk to the homeowner and they say like, okay, you're, you're a good painter. I see the work that you do, especially if I'm there by myself. Mm-hmm. So, why don't I just hire you next time? I could have easily said, hey, you know what? You know, this is my, yeah, sure. I'd love to do that. And totally take that business right out from under the guy that gave me a job. Mm-hmm. And... I never did that. At least I don't think I ever did it intentionally. Like if I knew that that was a customer of somebody that I worked for, this guy that I worked for, I would say, I'm not comfortable with that. He's your customer. Listen, I just, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially if I worked on the job. So, yeah. Um, hmm. yeah, that, yeah. That does happen a lot. And this even happened in an old band I was in. This band I was in was getting recognition this was before I was in the band and their other guitarist was like, Hey, I could go solo. Like I could, you know, I, I could probably do this without these guys. So he reached out to the band's management without the band knowing and tried getting his own deal away from the band, knowing that he wanted to go solo. You hear the story all the time in music, mm-hmm. the band found out and whew, that was not pretty man. Ooh. Here's another way betrayal shows up today. Mm-hmm. Um, Posting your shit on somebody else's Facebook page or Facebook group. You know, like there's lots of, especially in the health coaching industry, Mm -hmm. I'm a member of a lot of groups. They're pretty open groups though, but Mm -hmm. if you only use it to promote your own stuff within that group. How's that betraying? Get your own freaking group. Mm. Like do the the work. I get what you're saying. You're betraying. Basically, you're not really betraying, but you're abusing that. You're, you're like poaching. You're poaching. And that's a, I think that's a form of betrayal. Whereas mm-hmm. like, or if you're the solo artist, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you're, if your band's got a, a fan page or a group page or whatever. And you're, and you're, and you're posting your, and own, you're posting for your own gain, your own, and you go into that group then after you go solo yeah. and you go into that account saying like, Hey, here's, here's my stuff now and okay. taking fans away then. That is betrayal. That's yep. some betrayal there. That's some poaching there. It's just not cool. Don't do that. Right. Like, and I hesitate. There's a couple groups I'm in <laughs> that they allow that because it's like a rising tide raises all ships. We're not, we're promoting our own material to other people who have their own groups. We're not going into their groups and saying like, Hey, I see what they're saying there. I disagree. Let's do this sort of stuff. And, so um, let's talk about it from the victim side for a second. So you're the one who was betrayed. So you're now questioning what did the past mean? What did the fu- what does the present and future mean? 
So the way that you figure this stuff out, unfortunately, is any you know any any scenario you have in your head could have been the truth of what happened, but it's hard to know because now you have fifty thousand narratives in your head. Like, did they know from the beginning they would do this to me? Like, what did I do to cause them to do this? Did they? Did something happen that they snapped and now they like? You know, you start to figure out: was it me? Was it always them? Did something fall apart between us? Any of those things could have been the truth. So your job, and again, this isn't your fault. It's about fault and responsibility. It's not your fault that this happened to you, but it's your responsibility now to go through and get to the core of what what it meant. And the moral, you, you find healing um, when you figure out the moral of why that happened, essentially. And maybe your friend who betrayed you is just a very confused, hurt person themselves, and maybe it wasn't malicious, but either you, you have to figure that out in order to find healing from it. Um, do you th- agree? Yeah. I think so many times we might internalize something uh, and make it about us when it's never really about us. And we just, I'll do this a lot. If, if something bad happens, we're like, yep, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. When in reality... Might not be my fault at all, right? I just make it about my fault because hey, I don't want it to be somebody else's fault. Yeah, and I just kind of take that. Um, same way this way too. If somebody betrays us, we think, you know, where do you, where do you go with that? Do you think it's something you did, or they're just a jerk, or whatever? Um, yeah, and people people need a therapist. Go get a therapist. <laughs> I know, dude. It always comes down to that, mm-hmm. and I th- I think you have to you have to figure out why stuff happened because. That's how one you heal, and two, whenever you pull yourself out of that chaos in your mind of that turmoil, you're able to go into another relationship where you aren't already traumatized, and you're able to go into that relationship with a newfound knowledge, and you can actually learn from, you know, you can start to see warning signs, and you can start to see things that you're just you can actually more aware. Yeah, you can grow from yeah. bad things like that. So. I think this has been a great midweek thoughts, Tim. What you do you think? think? And now it's time for some midweek. Yeah, that is a good midweek thoughts. Yeah. So um, just think about stuff like that. If you're real quick, if you're the one betraying, um, we have a great way of justifying our wants to make things happen for us. Like real quick, last thing I'll say in mm-hmm. this episode. Say go back to that example. John and I are videographers, and John tells me about a pool of people that he found. For me. You could say, oh, well, I mean, like, I'm sure I could get like, you know, one, it wouldn't really matter. Or I'm sure I could do, you start to find, you start to do mind ninja. And it's like, well, you know, I, I deserve those clients. Like I work really hard. Like, you know, John's up and coming, but you know, I feel you start to have these narcissistic thoughts that, so be able to call yourself out on that stuff. And it's really hard, but we're all a little selfish. If you're in the business world, you're going to have people that come in and undercut you. Yeah. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But you need to develop for yourself, business world or not, who you are. Yeah. What value do you have? Yeah, what, what, what do lines? you offer? What are the things you want to avoid? Why do you do things the way you do and what makes you special? Mm-hmm. So that when people come in and do undercut you and do shady things to you, you're confident in who you are and the services that you provide. Yeah. So... That's great. Tomorrow, everybody, I'm putting out an album. And this is my first concept album I've put out in 
oh god i think it's been five six years maybe and so it's called 15 hours in nashville it's going to be on itunes spotify apple music everywhere you can get music it's going to be there so and monday we are going to give you an insider's look at that album mm-hmm. and uh, dive in some songs sample some songs so get your ears ready and uh, get your apple pay ready because <laughs> you're going to want to eat this thing up yeah so the band is earth to abram album is 15 hours in nashville out tomorrow so stay tuned for monday we're going to get into all the nitty-gritty details of what came in to that album and what i learned from it and um all that good jazz so yep have a great weekend everybody